Mini episode 191 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by that NBA lottery pick, your pop culture influenced look at the world of hoops. Follow them on the web at that NBA lottery pick.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. All right, everybody, welcome to mini-episode number 191 of the FDH Lounge. It's the FantasyDraftHelp.com insider for NFL Week 3, Rick Morris and Kyle Ross breaking down the fantasy action uh, for you here, going through the slate of games. Uh, a note at the outset here, uh, before we uh, get to this, I certainly want to, uh, to note this here this week. Uh, somebody where it was, it was a great privilege for me personally at one point in time uh, to be able to interview this guy. One, one of the real uh, greats of the NFL, one of the legends uh, in the entire history of the game, Steve Sable, unfortunately passing away this week uh, from a brain tumor at the age of 69. He'd been battling this for about 18 months or so. Uh, it, it, everybody was, of course, hoping uh, that he was going to recover from it. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be, as and those of us who have known people who had brain tumors know. That's a pretty grim thing to try to come back from. But there's uh, been a lot of talk this week about the legacy of uh, the, the Sables, both uh, Steve and his father, Ed, who founded NFL Films. And I was talking uh, off-air today to uh, one of our uh, fellow dignitaries, Nate Noy, and I was saying, you know, if, if you look at it, if you look at the, the impact in the history of the NFL – uh, on this, if you were going to do a Mount Rushmore for the NFL, I, I've never heard of anybody splitting a bust in there. But if you did one, I think one of the four would have to be half the face of Ed Sable and half the face of Steve Sable because NFL Films is one of the instrumental things here, both in changing how sports on TV was produced and helping Kyle, something that we always talk about, helping the NFL to pass Major League Baseball somewhere in the 80s and the 90s to definitively become number one in this country. Yeah, I mean, the NFL, they always talk about how... TV friendly it is, mm-hmm. and it certainly is. Where you know baseball is kind of a tough watch on TV, football is so great. And you know I kind of mentioned you off air. One of my favorite things from NFL films was old Super Bowl recaps. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a Those day awesome. I was really sick. It was obviously around Super Bowl time when they show them, and that helped me like I commit to memory. Like all these you know people you know for uh, I'm just throwing this out there. It was Super Bowl 14. Most people were like oh I wonder who that was. It was mm-hmm. Steelers 31, Rams 19. Yeah, N- you know their fourth Super Bowl. I mean I can remember things. Based in large part, those were great, um, you know, when they were done. And NFL Films, it's just such a tremendous job. I mean, everyone, well, uh, John. Uh, Facenda. Facenda, yep. yeah, with the voice, unbelievably, was very good. But, yeah, Steve Sable was a, a true pioneer yeah. uh, in the NFL and is certainly someone who will be missed. Yeah, yeah, great, man. Tremendous uh, privilege to get to uh, talk to him once. I, I'm saddened because he was talking about some of the things yet to come for NFL Films that are not going to happen during his reign. But some of the things he said to look for, and this was about, what was it, about 18 months ago? that he uh, Two years? Something, no, I, he's been sick 18 months. Sorry, a little more than two years. Whenever it was that he was on. One of the things to look for, Kyle, um, NFL Films through NFL.com eventually, and he said this was a several-year project, 
But they're going to be making it so that, I mean, if you want to look up like, uh, okay, give me every Brian Sipe 300-yard game, you'll be able to search it right through NFL.com. They're going to oh, make it this great. incredible searchable database through NFL.com. Oh, wow. That, that, yeah. For someone like me, ooh, yeah. that's something I, I would definitely be interested in. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, I, I won't be the only one. It's, it's coming. It's coming. And, uh, you know, I was very excited to hear that, uh, as I think anybody who loves football would be all right we'll, we'll take a look at the uh, the games here uh, for this week and uh you know make some mental notes uh kyle we'll run through uh, the uh, the slate of games here the fantasy recommendations and see what you think here uh, uh as as we go through them uh again we have uh, a, as you heard at the outset here our uh, our every week plays uh for fantasy the one thing i will say and i, I got a question from somebody off air today about chris johnson Again, it, it hurts what he's done thus far, but this is why we make these guys every week plays if healthy. You cannot afford to hold a grudge in this thing. You you will be even more homicidal if he goes off this week after you've benched him in favor of somebody <laughs> else. You cannot afford to hold a grudge. It would be as though, Kyle Ross, uh, it, it would be as though if you go back to uh, Reykjavik in 1986 where Gorbachev screwed over Ronald Reagan, it would be as though I would years later refuse to listen to the fine music of, of Monsters and Men. But I won't do that. I won't cut off my nose to spite my face. Uh, I, won't, I won't pass by the fine ska-flavored offerings of this fine band just because of what transpired at Reykjavik in 1986. Your thoughts, Kyle Ross? Yeah, with the pick. <laughs> I knew I was going to exasperate you with that one. <laughs> the look on your face is tremendous. Makes me wish we had Who the should I start at quarterback this week? <laughs> Who do you have? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm starting Cam Newton. Oh, right. <laughs> I was talking about the people. Oh, all, right, yeah. all right, all right. So for for the, for the people here and and, and looking at the games, uh, running running through these, uh, the the entire slate here, uh, game by game, uh, Chicago St. Louis, uh, the uh, the the marginal plays, and that's how we define all of these ones, guys who are not at this point considered to be every week starters. Uh, Jay Cutler, Michael Bush certainly has got to be at least a borderline every week play in the absence of Matt Forte at this point. Uh, Danny Amendola uh, for uh, for St. Louis. I'll do him the uh, Im- immense uh, privilege of uh, pronouncing his name right this time and not goofing on it as I so often do. But uh, he's been a receptions machine thus far uh, during the season. Buffalo and the Browns. The Browns are an all-out play in this one, meaning that outside of the gimme of Trent Richardson, uh, there's nobody that we like. For the, for the Bills, we love, love, love C.J. Spiller and Stevie Johnson. Dallas-Tampa Bay. Got to love the combo of uh, Miles Austin and Des Bryant. Good chance for these guys to get it back going again here. Uh, for Tampa Bay, uh, we do like uh, Martin on the ground to be able to uh, get it going. I, I keep saying, and this, 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 is, this is especially relevant for anybody that's in a Cleveland-based fantasy league a, as we are here. I'm waiting these years for somebody to come up uh, with the, uh, the fantasy football team name of Doug Martin Superstore. That would be a tremendous that one. That is a good one. That's here. very yeah. good. I see you yes. working. Okay. <laughs> and, and for anybody outside the area, just, just Google Martin and Superstore and you'll get it. Uh, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, again, would be all out. Nobody that we like aside from Mo Jones-Drew. For Indy, uh, the combo of uh, Luck and Wayne. Uh, for the, uh, the Jets and, and uh, Miami here, uh, Reggie Bush on the ground. He should, and also through the air, should be able to get some opportunities against the Jets as he did against Oakland. Sanchez and Helms, that battery going for uh, the Jets. Uh, in the San Francisco-Minnesota game, Alex Smith uh, yet again uh, for, uh, for San Francisco. It's hard to recommend any wide receivers because he's, he's using them all to a fairly decent ex- extent right now. Crabtree the most, uh, but uh, probably not enough to get a recommendation here. Harvin for Minnesota, where we disagree with uh, our friends at the uh, 
uh, Fox Fantasy Freaks here. Uh, Mike Harmon, who's been a frequent guest on our show. We disagree about Percy Harvey being an every week play, but we certainly like him here. Uh, New Orleans, Kansas City, there's going to be some opportunities here. Uh, Sproles and Pierre Thomas, uh, certainly we think for New Orleans uh, on, on the ground. For Kansas City, Castle, Hillis, and Bow. They'll probably be going with both Hillis and Charles on the ground in this game, uh, at, at least as long as they're in it. Uh, Detroit at Tennessee, Tennessee being an all-out play. Uh, again, aside from Chris Johnson, as we noted earlier, uh, the obvious play. Uh, Brandon Pettigrew for Detroit. For Washington uh, and Cincinnati, RG3, of course, for Washington at this point, along with Alfred Morris and Andy Dalton for Cincinnati in terms of what uh, Washington's given up uh, through the air thus far. Philadelphia, Arizona, don't like anybody in this game, quite frankly. It's, it's an all-out play, uh, particularly with uh, uh, Macklin and Deshaun Jackson being banged up for Philly. San Diego, Atlanta, uh, like uh, Malcolm Floyd for the Chargers, Tony Gonzalez for Atlanta. Uh, and that makes Atlanta an all-in uh, play for, uh, for this week, uh, as, as we can recommend going uh, with Gonzalez, because just about everybody else on their offense uh, ends up being an every-week play at the skill positions. Houston and Denver, simply the quarterbacks in this one. Matt Schell, Peyton Manning, a little bit hard to predict among the, uh, the marginal players aside from that. Pittsburgh, Oakland, uh, for us, Oakland would be all out. Pittsburgh all in. Roethlisberger, Doyer's going to get a good chance to, uh, to run it up on the ground a little bit here. Antonio Brown and Heath Miller. It's not often we can recommend Heath Miller, but uh, Roethlisberger looks to be uh, spreading the wealth around uh, like a certain Kenyan fella this weekend here. So certainly like that for, uh, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> just I'm still paying attention, buddy. Okay, okay. make no <laughs> mistake about I, it. Just testing you. <laughs> for Baltimore, uh, <laughs> I can't believe you. You think I'm going to let you get away with that. Uh, I the only question was whether it would take until the end for you to mention that or not. Uh, Baltimore, uh, Pitta, and Flacco uh, is the combo to go with, uh, whereas for uh, New England it would be Ridley. And on Monday night, frankly, there's not anybody marginal that we like in the Green Bay-Seattle game. So the all-ins, Pittsburgh and Atlanta, all-outs. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Arizona, Oakland, and Seattle. So total this week, including the recommended plays that we had made earlier, for the Thursday night game, which, uh, if you check Twitter on Thursday night, were uh, Smith and LaFell for Carolina. The I like this receivers. Brandon LaFell. I, yeah. like, I think Brandon LaFell. It, I got ragged on in two leagues for taking him in the 11th round, Kyle Ross. Well, I think, team league. well I think those other 22 people should be beaten. They should be. Uh, they absolutely should be. <laughs> How about that? With, with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure what else you beat yeah. people with. I'm certainly not getting my hands yeah. dirty. And uh, Brown and Bennett were, were the recommended plays, of course, uh, for the Giants. Ten quarterbacks, 12 running backs recommended this week among the marginals. Ten wide receivers, five tight ends. So a little bit more depth this week at wide receiver if you've got a flex play to make uh, on these here. So, Kyle, let's circle back around. Anything that seemed uh, particularly noteworthy or uh, objectionable to you aside from my Obama joke? No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I'll just say this. Okay. You started out mentioning Chris Johnson and some, and some yeah. comments you'd gotten. You know, do we is he still on your all in? And so, yeah. What about Wes Wel? Wes, I always refer to my team. What about Wes Welker? Do we now? There's the injury to Hernandez, which means I, mean, I know Hernandez is a tight end. Welker's a receiver. It's still but part of the big picture. It's part of that passing game. Yeah. You're gonna have to apportion things differently. When? Let me ask for both of them. Okay. When do you abandon ship on both those guys? Mm. What is John? I mean, John. Here's the Welker was great last year. Johnson wasn't. Okay. So I would imagine that Chris Johnson's a guy that is probably downgraded to a if he's your number one running back and your number two isn't very good, you're scratching your head. Yeah. And hopefully you have some depth. Mm -hmm. 
receiver, I figure, is going to, but w- what do you think? I mean, how many weeks do you, do you want to wait on these guys? Chris Johnson, I mean, even if it's ugly again, I mean, I think you got to wait until at least October. At this, I mean, it, it's he, he's, in, he's in fine shape physically as far as anybody can tell. It's certainly not a matter of being washed up. He, he's a guy who came into the league really – uh, the, the reason that his uh, initial success came as a surprise is because he's a scat back. He's not particularly big. Pretty radical that he's not an every week play uh, anymore. In terms of uh, who's the other one? Wes Walker. Wes Walker. Yeah. Uh, kind of the same thing. And, and again, Belichick is a, is a, he's a stubborn guy. As any of uh, anybody uh, who's a Browns fan who remembers the days of diagramming bootlegs for Bernie, he's a stubborn guy. But it's a thing where, by the same token reality is going to intercede here at a certain point as you said with the Aaron Hernandez injury you know things seem to be trending more so in that direction I've read a decent amount that they want to get the ball more so to Brandon Lloyd that's fine but Lloyd and Gronkowski combined cannot make up for Wes Welker being marginalized okay you know it's a thing where I'd said last year if they'd had a Brandon Lloyd there last year in the way that they envisioned using him or if Chad Johnson had anything left in the tank, I think they'd have won the Super Bowl. They were very close. If they'd had anything other than the between the hash marks passing game that they had with Welker and with the tight ends, and ironically they missed uh, Brady missed Welker, yeah. or that what you know whose fault was it? I don't know. Yeah. Outside the hashes, yeah. Um, if he catches that, exactly, they, they win their Super Bowl. Exactly. So if Brandon Lloyd can give them the diversification to go with what they've had. They're a team that, again, with an improved defense, could very well win the Super Bowl this year. So, no, I, I say patience on both of those, Kyle. Gotcha. And the only thing I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. unless you have some fantasy, I got nothing okay, else. is just, you know, I, I neglected to mention this when we were talking about our picks in, in the other mini-episode. Replacement reps mm-hmm. are a big thing. And, and it could tie in with fantasy, too, that it seems home teams are favored. And there's been a lot more scoring with these guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just a just quick note, there's been a lot of articles out there with these replacement officials. I mean, home teams are really benefiting. And then it'll be interesting to see because the odds makers have posted higher totals this year on these mm-hmm. games. So you may not see, if you're a better, you, you, that may negate the increase you think is coming with overs. But it's a fantasy play. I think there's going to be more scoring until they get rid of these buffoons uh, in every game, uh, almost. I, I think so. By the same token, whether it be this or whether it be uh, the handicapping, which we were talking about in, in our previous mini-episode, I'm very leery of anybody trying to ascertain the effects of the reps and trying to game for it because it's chaos theory at this it point. Is, yeah, you don't true. know what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, it is true. I'm so just saying, yeah, I mean, it just seems. I just wanted to add that in that right, right, right now right. people are talking about home teams oh, sure. and overs. Are are the beneficiary and, and uh, beneficiaries from these replacements I, so I, far? It's a small sample size. Certainly. I guess that's the difference between you're right about that on the macro level. There are there are some things that we can discern maybe league wide. I'm talking micro level. I'm saying sure. don't don't look at a game from a handicapping perspective or a fantasy perspective. Well, because of the replacement refs, sure. it's going to sure. be this. Now the one thing that uh, our our, our uh, FDH director of research Nate Noy has pointed out to me is uh, and this is very interesting that uh, pass interference calls. Uh, are at an almost historic pace through two weeks here. And that is what has mm-hmm. helped keep uh, the offense at, at a level uh, somewhat commensurate with last year when it was a, pretty much at a rocket pace throughout the season. That we kind of sucks for fantasy pass interference calls. You don't get yeah. credit for those. So. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in a ma- this is a perfect example. Macro sense is, is that vulture backs are more likely to be worth something. You and I have both bemoaned what Michael Turner's given us thus far, and yet... 
It was, it, it, you, you certainly hope that Michael Turner is going to be more than a glorified Leroy Horde, but at least he was able to give us that last week. <laughs> so uh, to a certain extent, it makes it even harder, I'd say, to write off some of these backs. Not necessarily a Chris Johnson who's a scat back, but any non-scat back feature back is maybe going to have an increased possibility of that. But like I said, be careful about distilling any of the lessons to any one game. I agree with you on this with the refs. It, it's a bad situation. And any time that you have the refs, in a game calling a penalty on a quote-unquote red team. Uh, doesn't that say it all? Yeah, yeah. You know. I'd call a penalty on a red state, but not the red team. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, that was a red team in a red yeah, state. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, what better way to bring that around on? FDH Lounge Mini episode number 191. Go knock them dead in fantasy this week. And, of course, you always will when you're playing fantasydrafthelp.com. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all clear channel affiliates, TNT, PBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, and NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebook, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, The Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 